It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. If anybody in their right mind is worried about Jalen Brunson translating the next level, then they didn't watch him play. I believe their team is destiny, man. I really do not think that they're going to be denied. Whether it's the fight Bills, the Birds, the Fly Guys, the Process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. Stop feeding John me to car bombs. Run the ball, control the clock, don't do anything stupid. And John Mita. Kids out there, make sure you practice your free throws. Dear God, give me an interview with the Eagle Scouting Department. I know I can do better. What is up, SoundCloud? What's shaking iTunes? It is the Brotherly Love Podcast. You know what you love it. Joe Donald, John Mina with you. Johnny made a long time no chat. How are you, brother? It's uh, it's been a while, and there is just it's just been straight madness in the uh, city of brotherly love, man. There's just so much going on. It's just incredible. Yeah, we have a lot to get to here on uh, the Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Belove Podcast. Um, we had a sort of script on what we were going to go off of, which direction we were going to take this thing and in the last 24 hours there has been as you put it more madness um so we do have a lot to dive into we'll talk uh, a little nfl free agency obviously the eagles have been active early including a trade for my boy slippery d to sean jackson we've got some march madness to dive into potentially uh some sixers conversation maybe a lot of nfl stuff in general and then oh yeah the philadelphia phillies Gave $330 million to Bryce Harper, the most coveted, sought-after free agent, probably in quite some time in Major League Baseball. And uh, that certainly needs to be discussed as well because spring training's underway. So, Johnny Mita, I will let you start. You pick the topic. You pick the direction you want to go, my man. And uh, I'll follow your lead. What do you got? Well, I mean, I, I think we got to start with Bryce Harper. And I know how much this, this move pains you, Joe. Uh, as you said before on previous podcasts you were just not in favor of this move at all but I think we gotta we gotta dive into the Bryce Harper thing and it was just incredible the Phillies land Bryce Harper it's a 330 million dollar deal for 13 years pretty ridiculous when you think about it you know the analogy I think of what I can equate this to is when you think a woman is out of your league right you just there's no shot and you have a chance to get with her and then all of a sudden she chooses you that's just not a better feeling in the world. Now the question is, is that hot woman or that woman that was out of your league, is she everything that you thought she would be? Is she everything you thought, is she going to deliver what you thought she'd be? So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, this is a very exciting move about for the franchise. This is a total game changer um, for the Philadelphia Phillies and for, I think, some of the other sports teams um, in Philadelphia as well. How many times have I kind of reiterated on these podcasts about, I just don't understand how come free agents don't want to choose us. I just, why, why not us? When LeBron or Kawhi Leonard, when these guys went somewhere else, nobody wanted to come to Philadelphia. It's such a big market. It's a great sports town. It's a difficult town. I'll give you that. We're not easy. Just a little tidbit of inside information. Um, the day that Bryce Harper got signed, I was told by a really close source, and I will not divulge the source, but that the deal was dead the day that he got signed. 
And what that told me is the Phillies felt some external pressure from the fan base to get this deal done. And I don't know if you heard John Middleton's conversation, Joe, but they literally went to Todd Zalecki's Twitter poll to see who the Philadelphia fan base would appreciate more as a free agent signing, Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. And everybody was in favor of Bryce Harper. And it's funny that the organization not only took it into account, but delivered on it. So I'm excited about the move. It makes her, it makes her lineup potent. Now Reese Hoskins has has some coverage. I mean, just look at it. Bryce Harper's in the three-hole. He gets his debut. He gets on base. He walks. And then Hoskins just hits a bomb over the Frenchie's Cafe sign um, at Spectrum Field. So it's exciting. I'm glad we got it done. In all honesty, I don't really know that much about Bryce Harper. Um, I knew when he played for the Washington Nationals that I I didn't really like him because why – would you like some of the better players that are playing against your team? It's a natural thing to do as a fan is to just have utter distaste and dislike. And I said, if he didn't choose the police, then I would buy tickets and be in the outfield and heckle the hell out of him. But now that all changes. So how how, how does it change? I mean, how do you back yourself off the hate train? Because I'm having a tough time with it. And I know yeah, at some point the, yeah. he sma- <laughs> he's going to start smashing dingers. And, and I'm obviously going to get on board. I'm not going to sit there and hate on a guy that's going to potentially deliver, you know, franchise-changing numbers and be part of the organization for over a dozen years. It'd be stupid yeah. of me to not at some point get over this. But I've hated the guy for a long time, so it's hard for me to be like to just totally embrace him now. And I'm going to add this, and I mean this when I say it. Reese, Reese Hoskins is the face of this franchise, Okay. Reese Hoskins is the face of the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You sound like Skip Bayless right now or somebody like that. It's so ridiculous, Joe. But, I mean, did Bryce Harper not sign one of your baseballs? Did he shun you? Like, what did Bryce Harper do? I know you go back to the whole Cole Hamels. I do go back to the Cole Hamels incident. And I don't like what he stands for. I don't like the flow, the flipping back of the hair. I don't like the, the... the USA flag sleeve he rocks out there. I didn't like him winning the home run derby this past year. I don't like him. I don't like the guy. Yeah. Joe, you literally sound like one of my ex-girlfriends that just can't let go. Really? Really? Is that is that the way we're going to roll with this now? Uh, it's. I knew that this fodder between us would be pretty good over the signing, and I know some of our, our loyal fans would – be very interested. To oh, see how let's just laugh it up. Out. Let's just have a half hour laugh at Joe O'Donnell's <laughs> session. Is that gonna make you happy? I don't know. I'm pretty entertained right now, I must say. But seriously, on a serious note, I mean, seriously, Joe, like this guy. Okay, John. Mean, all right, hang on a second. Seriously, if he's hitting 230 in June, how are you gonna feel? Hey, the guy's got some leeway, and let me tell you why he's got a little leeway, Joe. Because he chose us. He's gonna have to get a little leeway. Rome wasn't built overnight, was it? I mean, seriously. But this guy's an established I mean, star. He now has to produce at least close well, to that, what the contract bears out, or it's going to be well, a bust, a bad signing, right. a rumor mill. The Twitter <clears throat> Twitter sphere is going to be going crazy. He, he has no time to adjust, or he's going to get crushed nationally and in the city. That's what happens when you sign this kind of contract. It makes I me leery, it. man. And I don't know what kind of guy he is in the in the in the clubhouse, but if his personality is bigger than the rest of the group, that's an issue. Now, can you overcome that? Can you win because you win with talent? Yes. But 
I will be interested to see how when things aren't going well, he responds. Again, I'm on board. You know, I, I bashed the Carson Wentz moving up to get him. I love that guy. You remember you asked me a few podcasts back who was a Philadelphia athlete I didn't like and I grew to love? Your new answer yeah. is Bryce Harper because I hate right. the guy and I'm willing to open up a piece of my Philly's heart for this clown as long as he delivers. But if I see arrogance, if I see any form of laziness, if I see underproduction, he's dead to me. That's it, buddy. Just open up your heart. Give him a chance. That's all I'm saying. Little let the hate out. I'm going to let the hate out for Bryce Harper. But if he disappoints, <laughs> I'm going right back to the front of that hate train. And I reserve the right to do so. And I will say it again. Reese, Hawk- Reese Hoskins is the face of the franchise, okay? He's the homegrown talent. Forget Bryce Harper and his big contract. Reese Hoskins, my boy. Reese's pieces and me for life. <laughs> all right. I think we got to move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's just see how he does, all right? Uh, all right. Yeah. Can, we, can they right. add some it's... pitching help, please? Can they round out well, the ball I mean... club now? Well, according to Matt Clintock, apparently he's very comfortable with the three, four, and five pitchers on the stage. Oh, great. I agree with you. I think I think at one point, I think as you get close to the deadline, they're going to have to either make a move. You know, oh, Arietta or... was a late-season signing, right? Late spring training signing well, a year ago, if Kite, I'm not mistaken. Keiko and Kimbrell still kicking tires out there. I said it a couple, you know. Get it done. Keiko and Kimbrell, off to the World Series we go. Why doesn't Harper donate some of his newly earned cash and, and throw it towards well, well, those you know two? What, you know what I will say, though? You got If you look at the deal from a money standpoint, it's really not that bad of a crusher. Yes, is it 13 years? Yes. But annually, it only works out to be like $25 million Yeah, but what if eight and, years from now he's hanging on, he's barely in baseball? Well, that's a risk you take, but you're getting him in his prime right now. So that's the good thing. If you look at like some John Mita, he hit like two forty last year. I know, but he's a career two eighty hitter. What do you think he's going to do in our ballpark, Joe? Well, it's going to be obscene. I know there's a lot of spin cycle about the ballpark, and he said all the right things at the press conference, and his walk up music is Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I'm supposed to just well, jump right on well, the Harper train because he's saying well, all the right well, things. Well, apparently the Phillies had a lot to do with what he was walking up to, but I think he's going to change it up. So stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Should we talk a little? Should we talk a little Eagles? Let's go. There's a lot of there's a lot of hostile. Let's go. On the Eagles end right now. Deshaun Jackson well, I mean, is back. What do you think of the well, trade? Well, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Let's start with the re-signing of Brandon Graham. That's where kind of all this got started. They re-signed Brandon Graham. They didn't let him hit the free agent. Thought it was a good deal. They might have overpaid, um, but he's a guy that knows your system, and he, you know, he kind of created the biggest planes your Super Bowl history by causing that, causing that strip sack fumble. So I like that. The Michael Bennett trade, that was an interesting don't one. Don't like that, but up. go ahead. Yeah, don't like that one. Uh, apparently he was, you know, kind of a little crazy in the locker room, but we all knew that. Wasn't a fan of that. And then uh, now we'll get to the uh, the real NFL news, I guess, as far as, you know, as the free agency pe- period began on Monday, the Eagles come out big time. They – Signed Malik Jackson from Jacksonville, who played a lot of his career in Denver, and then he took a hefty deal in Jacksonville. His production kind of came down a little bit, but here's another guy you can sit right next to Fletcher Cox, called some havoc. They didn't pick up uh, Timmy Jernigan's, Timmy Jernigan's right, so he's no longer going to be an Eagle. But I do like that move. But Slippery D coming back to Philly, man. We talked about it last year at the trade deadline. Some of the names that were coming out, Golden Tate. Deshaun Jackson. I think the price tag at that point 
was too high for the Eagles, but uh, how he brings back, you know, a fan favorite. Me and you have always kind of been a fan of this guy. Sometimes, you know, when he's making plays, he's electric, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier because I've always been a big fan of DJ, even when he was coming out of the University of California. He's older now, so, you know, hopefully some of the, the off-the-field shenanigans won't kind of play a big role, but I think he's excited and motivated to be back in Philly, and I love that deal. However, we still need a running back. So the question is, when are we going to get that running back? Who is going to be that running back? Uh, some notable departures, Jordan Hicks um, will not be returning as he signed a deal with the Arizona Cardinals today. They gave him Boku money, $34 million, four-year deal, $20 million guaranteed. That's too much of a price tag for a, for a good player, but he was kind of too much in and out of the lineup. Just another jersey that I bought two years ago that will go in the uh, – the uh, hamper never to be worn again. So, uh, hey, you never know, man. Keep it around. I, I, I'm dusting off the Deshaun Jackson jersey this season. It's collecting dust in, on Paddock Road, but uh, I'll bust that is. thing out. <laughs> you never know. But uh, well, what did you think of the move so far? Well, I, I like. Uh, I didn't like the Bennett trade. You had to know something was coming, so they signed Malik Jackson uh, from the Jaguars. Who had a little bit of a down year, but you know, coming off a of Pro Bowl season the year prior. And then obviously they boost the wide receiving core, adding Jackson. The question will be, what do they do now with Nelson Aguilar? Do they trade him? Do they cut him and save $9 million in the cap? Or is he part of the core and you've got Alshon, Nelly, Deshaun, and then whoever you know your four and five are from there? Obviously you have some young players in that mix and a Mac Hollins that missed a lot of last season. Um, Jordan Matthews, I guess, would be potentially part of the equation if they can figure out something there, and then obviously you're adding Ertz into the mix. I think the pass-catching group, pending they don't do something with Aguilar, isn't a good spot. Now, on the other side of that, you touch on the running back situation. They've got to address it. Uh, Latavius Murray just signed by the Saints, which probably means the end of Mark Ingram's tenure. I hate Mark Ingram. Go figure. We'll see what the Eagles do there. If they want to take a chance on him, do they draft somebody? But now with the departure of Jordan Hicks... The linebackers probably, with running back, to me, the biggest area of need, either before free agency wraps up or the draft, uh, because you're a little thin at both those positions. So I think there's more moves from Howie to come. I don't think anybody would be surprised when that occurs. I did see they tendered Nate Sudfeld, a second-round tender. Uh, nobody's going to touch that, so he'll be the backup most likely. It looks like the Carson Wentz. Um, so the roster is starting to take a little bit of shape. I saw some rumors that Ronald Darby's out there. The Eagles want to bring him back at the Price is Right. That would certainly be a, a you know a nice depth piece to the cornerback rotation. So there's still some moving pieces for the Birds. I don't think Howie's done yet. We'll see what shakes out the next couple days. Um, but so far, I like the moves. I really do. Uh, Jason Peters coming back on that one-year deal. They restructured some contracts to to keep with that you know have some cap flexibility. And is Le'Veon Bell maybe part of the equation? Uh, he, he's been tweeting that he has some decisions to make. That'll be interesting. They get him, it's a wrap. You might as well book their ticket to the uh, to the Super Bowl, my friend. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll I, mean, it'll be, it'll, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think right now, I mean, he was the guy that was, you know, last year he sits out on the Eagles, or, um, excuse me, on the Steelers franchise back. So, essentially, he left $14 million on the table. He was trying to go into this season and try to get Todd Gurley money upwards of 15 and 17 million. Now the Rams, you saw what happened to Todd Gurley. Looks like he's got some arthritis in his knees. So 
are they going to be regretting that decision for giving him that deal? So it really depends on where he falls. Another guy that I like that's out there, Tevin Coleman from Atlanta Falcons. I, I think he's next. You look at free agency in general in the last two days, like like once one safety signed, like the Landy Collins deal got done, uh, he went to the Redskins for an astronomical number. Um, all these other safety stars signed. Yeah. But I feel like Domino if Le'Veon Bell, right? If Le'Veon Bell signs, then you'll see other the other running backs kind of fall into place. I think that's kind of what Mark Ingram's waiting for, and I'm sure Tim and Coleman. Obviously, they don't have really the production of a guy like Le'Veon Bell. But it's interesting, like you bring up the Aguilar move, like you know that's nine million dollars right there that they expected to be on their cap. If you do see him get. You know, if, if they do put him to the curb, you know, you're, there's no question about it. They would be in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a lot more to be done. They definitely need another linebacker. The guy that I like at linebacker played in Seattle for years. Another Texas Longhorn. His name is K.J. Wright. Um, maybe we could add him to the club. But And there's a ton of work to do in the draft. I mean, there's so many things. Even if, like I said, and I'll maintain it again, even if we sign a running back, a veteran running back, I would really like to see the Eagles draft one high up. I know they're trying to get defense alignment, offense alignment. I get it. But you know what? Why not surround Carson Wentz with just some more weapons? I mean, why not? So we'll see what happens. Let's jump real quick to another team that's in the other conference but making some head waves in the Cleveland Browns. They signed Kareem Hunt. Who knows if he'll even be eligible. They've now just traded for Odell Beckham Jr. They've made a splash elsewhere in free agency. They're a team that many people feel like could be on the rise. Your initial thoughts of the Beckham trade, the division obviously gets much weaker, um, no matter who the Giants select. But the fact that Cleveland adds another bona fide star, my thoughts are initially it's going to be chaos out there. Like, you want to talk about a hard knocks? Now it's the year to do hard knocks in, in Cleveland, not last year. You're going to have a cocky, at times arrogant, young quarterback in Baker Mayfield, potentially pairing him with a guy with off-field issues in Kareem Hunt, and one of the most egotistical, yet productive, wide receivers in Odell Beckham Jr. They just keep adding, like, diva. It's like they're building the dream team 3.0 to steal uh, Howie Roseman's line or Joe Banner's line, whoever dropped that line back in the day. Like, I, at some point, don't you worry about the culture you're building there and not yeah. so much trying to stack the most talent in the league and put together a fantasy football roster? Like, or do I, am I too old school and, like, you know, too soft or whatever it is where I put so much stock in the culture and work ethic and all these things that, that are the sort of the intangibles Whereas, really, God damn it, if your team's good enough, you're going to win. I think you raised a great point. However, this is these are some of the things, you know, and, and Cleveland Brown, everybody's like, who, the Cle- who, who is the Cleveland Browns head coach? Okay, I bet you people that listen to our podcast probably have no idea who it is. And his name is Freddie Kitchens. So, like, who? Who the hell is Freddie Kitchens? And, and I agree. Here's the crazy part, Joe. You know, Odell Beckham Jr.'s best friend is Jarvis Landry, and he's on the Cleveland Browns. And if we saw anything from Hard Knocks last year, Jarvis Landry was getting in the faces of the young wide receiving core. And he was kind of kind of took on that leadership role. The other thing that I just found out is that Jarvis Landry, well, and Odell Beckham, their wide receiver coach from college, from LSU, 
is the, is the Cleveland Browns wide receiver coach. So position-wise, here's the thing why I think it's going to work out. Once they get adjusted, clearly his best friends out there, that's going to help them out. They're like pretty much they're like you know brothers from another mother. They're so, so tight. Baker Mayfield, and look at Kareem Hunt. Here's the perfect storm for them. It's we're kind of a bunch of people that want us. We're too cocky. We're misfits. And look at a guy like Kareem Hunt, been shunned from the league for his domestic violence issue. And, and they might just take it on as a chip on their shoulder and, and just maybe move this team to greater heights. And it's crazy. The Super Bowl odds from when this trade went down, they were 25 to 1 to win it all. Now that went down to 14 to 1. So it could, like you said, it could either be a powder keg where it's about to explode, or they could just create some all time great synergy, use the chip on their shoulder mentality, kind of like how the Eagles use the underdog mentality, you know, for their Super Bowl winning season. And, and who knows what could happen. I think you're putting too much pressure on Baker Mayfield. I think it's way too much pressure for a second-year quarterback to try and lead a group of guys with bigger egos than he has. Yeah, well, they they do have a pretty good defense. And here's the other thing that I just heard of, which would be crazy, is that there is talks that Earl Thomas, that's right, when it's the best safety in the NFL, might join the Cleveland Browns on a three-year deal. Now, can you imagine if that happens? Because here's what Earl Thomas could do for their young secondary. And that defense, you're talking one of the best leaders in all the NFL, and he could bring that side of the ball, that type of leadership that they need in order to get to the next level. I hear you. It's a ton of pressure on Baker Mayfield. But the only thing is he's got so many weapons. I mean, when you think of Kareem Hunt, I imagine he'll probably get suspended. In all likelihood, I'm thinking he gets six games. That's what I'm thinking. I think it might go to eight games, half season. He'll appeal it, goes down to six. But they also have Nick Chubb. They have a nice young tight end, and and, uh, what is his name? David Nujuku. And then they go with these two wide receivers and Antonio Callaway, the guy they drafted. I mean, I I don't know, man. It's going to be crazy. But uh, right now, if you're Pittsburgh and you're the Baltimore Ravens, and they also just signed a defensive tackle who's a pretty good D tackle, Sheldon Richardson, to a deal. Um, if, if you're, you know, if you're the teams in their division, you're like, man, if they could put this thing together, you know, they could be downright scary. So it's a lot we'll of big personalities in that locker room. Uh, oh, I winning, agree. winning uh-huh. will cure it all. But any struggle, any dissension amongst the ranks at all, and that's going to be one of the most volatile situations in the history of pro sports. So. We'll see how it shakes out, but there's certainly a lot of attitude uh, around that around that locker room now, and a first-year head coach trying to sort it all out. That will be interesting for sure. But uh, screw the Cleveland Browns; I care less about them. All right, um, you want to talk some Sixers, dude? I know you. Yeah, you're a little yeah. frustrated with Brett Brown. I'll say this: I watched the Pacers game. Now the Pacers obviously have lost Oladipo. Um, you got to give them credit for you know hanging around this this battle for the third seed. It should be the Sixers' number three seed to lose at this point. And I think you got to feel much better about a 3-6, you know, Sixers-Detroit or Sixers-Brooklyn like matchup than you do having to play either the Pacers or playing the Celtics in round one. So I think it's, it's crucial for the Sixers to lock down that third seed. They won again tonight beating the Cavs. The team is so frustrating at times, the Sixers, because they go through these stretches where they play brain-dead basketball and they don't seem to run their offensive sets, 
and they seem to you know have miscues and turn the ball over and Ben Simmons is one of the more maddening players in our in our lifetime because he's so damn talented and just when you think he's you know top whatever NBA player then you realize like he can't shoot from the outside and his free throws are average and handling the ball at times there's a lot to be desired and then the next sequence he'll take it to the rack and just rip home a two-hand dunk and you're like oh yeah this guy's the man so I, I just still get the sense, like, I love Tobias Harris in that addition. I like Michael Scott coming off the bench. I like a lot of what I've seen. They still have to sort of figure it out, make those pieces match and, and mesh a little bit better. But they still at times just remind me of a team that's lacking that experience or lacking that age that will allow them to stop making these young mistakes. And I don't know how, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that experience helps you in life. It helps you in sports. Sometimes you have to lose before you win. I've said that a million times on this podcast. But last year, they lost. They got a taste of the playoffs. They got the second round, and they got beat by a better team. They were outclassed at times. They blew leads. And, and so that was frustrating. When is this next step going to occur? Am, am I just missing it? Has the next step occurred? Are they ready now to be a serious contender in the postseason and, and compete for an NBA title? Or do we still have another year of, yes, better talent, but still frustrating and not enough depth to get it done. Um, one of the frustrating things for me is just that late in ball games, man, they just can't close things out. Yeah, so where you know, where those, does that come from? Is that the coach or is that the execution from the players? Well, I, mean, I think it's a little bit of both, but I, I just want to take you back to something. And I, listen, Brett Brown is taking a lot of flack right now. And, uh, and, you know, I would say he's to blame, but I also think the players are to blame as well. But, you know, they were playing, they were playing, you know, the Golden State Warriors a couple of weeks ago, and, and TJ McConnell forces a turnover on Kevin Durant. And, you know, essentially, the Sixers are, are down three points, right? So I'm thinking, all right, this is where you bring the ball, and Jimmy Butler has to get the ball. Who gets the ball? Ben Simmons gets the ball. He dribbles it up the floor, okay? And the Warriors aren't going to, they're not doing anything. And then all of a sudden, it's Hackishak. Why would they act as that? Because they know that he shoots free throws at like a 56% clip. You know, that's bad coaching on Brett Vaughn. Jimmy Butler should have the ball in his hands. Then Ben Simmons makes the first free throw, okay? Now it's a two-point game. So you have to make the second free throw. I can't tell you how many times that I've seen this all across the league. I've seen it in college basketball, professional basketball. When they try to miss the second free throw, all these people try to throw a missile yeah. up against it's the hit backboard, the rim. Yeah. and it's got to hit the rim, and it turns into you know a violation, and then it's just bad coaching. Like as Brett Brown should know, and, and, and one of the offensive sets that he runs, can we stop with the dribble handoff offense? Can we just set some old fashioned pick and roll like Stockton Malone style? I mean, this dribble handoff Euro style drives me crazy. They had six turnovers off of it tonight because it's just garbage. And the other thing that's very worrisome for me right now is, is Jimmy Butler. And I'm a big fan of his. And when the tree went down, I'm like, oh, my God, this is one of the pieces. The guy's an unbelievable defender. But he's just he's just so not dialed into the game right now. I don't know what it is. He's not taking three shots that he should be. There's a times late in the game where he needs to step up and be aggressive because you know Ben Simmons is not going to take those types of shots. And if Jamal Embiid's not on the floor and he just missed the last eight games, those are the shots that where, where 
you know, Jimmy Butler has to get extremely aggressive. Do you think he? In, you think like, he's the type of player who's just not happy no matter what? Does he need to go to a smaller market and just be the man? I mean, he kind of had that though in Minnesota, and he wasn't happy because right. they weren't winning. So, right. what does he want? No, does I he think- want? seven role players and Jimmy Butler and they win 55 yeah. games and go to the conference? Like, is that what he wants? I, I think it's one of the biggest mysteries, and we don't know. I mean, honest to God, and I, I, I love the fact that Elton Brand, you know, made the move for Tobias Harris because at least, I obviously, I think he will be here. I mean, they're going to try to keep everyone together no matter what happens at the end of this season. But to me, it kind of looks like Jimmy is checked out, and I think he ends up in – with the Los Angeles Clippers, to be perfectly honest with you. And I hate to say that because hopefully he can transform in the playoffs and realize that, that there's something special brewing here with this team, but there's just so many worrisome things going on. I mean, the Bulls game the other night, I mean, they had a lapse. Like, how do you not know they lost the game because they didn't switch on pick? There was a pick and roll and they didn't switch. Like, that's not... You know, as much as we want to blame Brett Brown for that, that's like blaming the guy. Like, come on, fellas. Like, you're, you either do two things when it comes to a pick and roll. You either have to fight through or fight above the screen, or you have to switch. There's two things. Both defenders went with Robin Lopez. What is Robin Lopez going to do? Yeah. Zach, Zach Levine had 36, or, yeah, 36 points in the game, but your leading scorer. You knew he was taking the shot. And both players just rotated. Jimmy Butler, and I, I don't know who the other player was. I, I guess it was what? Mike? I, mean, I think it was Scott. Scott, Scott yeah, or Ennis, Scott. one of them. Yeah. No, no, it was Scott. And and they both just rotated to Robin Lopez. like, And that stuff, you know, down the stretch, these are the teams you have to beat. And, and you said it before, Indiana, man, it's amazing that they're holding water right now without their best player. In that three seed. Now, their schedule gets crazy down the stretch. So, it's going to be unlikely that they hold. So, but the Sixers in these last 16 games, I think they got to go 12 and 4 to lock it down. Because, and the thing with if they have to face a team like Boston, man, you know, where, and you've seen in sports shows so many times where you play a team and you just can't beat them. Yeah, they have their number. Just, yep. And then it just becomes like a self fulfilling prophecy. No matter what you do, you just can't get over the hump. And there was games this year against Boston where the Sixers should definitely. I mean, there was the game on Christmas. They should have won that game. There was a game recently that they, they had the opportunity to take control of when Kyrie Irving was out of the lineup and they didn't get it done. So it, it's worrisome right now. I mean, when they made the move for Tobias Harris and everything else, and new bench pieces was like, all right, is this team going to gel? But then you had Joel Embiid go out with the injury, so that's eight less games where they can all play together. Then you thought maybe, all right, it gives the rest of the guys some more time to to come together and try. So we'll see what happens. You know, I'm not, you know, by any means, I'm not giving up. I mean, this team still has the ability, if the big man is healthy, the ability and talent to make it to the finals. There's no question about it. But they're really, number one, not only that, too, they're going to have to start playing. Turnovers have always been a killer with this team over the last three years. All the games that they lose, they pretty much turn the ball over at a high margin, probably over 17 turnovers a game. But their defense has to get a whole lot better lately. Some of these average teams that they've been playing are putting up astronomical numbers offensively, and that's just got to stop. Let's shift gears one final thing before we head on out of here. 
Yeah. Is the uh, March Madness NCAA yeah. tourney right around the corner? Villanova backdoors its way to the Big East regular season title. Uh, you and I talked after they had that, you know, deflating loss to Seton Hall. Then Marquette goes out and lays an egg against Georgetown. So Nova wins the Big East. Congrats to Jay Wright and his group. What is the realistic expectation for Villanova? Because uh, we probably won't be on after the Big East before NCAA March Madness starts. So yeah. where does Nova Nation finish? And give me your NCAA men's basketball champion. Realistically for Nova, I like them to get to the Big East championship. They'll probably have to play Marquette again. I don't know if they win it. By then, that'll either give them between anywhere between a four and a six seed. Realistically, I probably see this team winning two games at best. It would be a great season for them to get to the Sweet 16 in yeah. my mind. Yep. Even the round of 32. If they could get to the Sweet 16, they just don't have enough firepower. They lack that third and fourth score. You know, when they if they shoot the ball extremely well, they can beat a lot of teams in the country. But if they have those performances where they're shooting under 35% from the three-point line, it's going to be lights out. All right, who, um, who, who, who's, who's cutting on the Jay, nets in Minneapolis? Who do you got? I think it's the Gonzaga Bulldogs year. I know it's going to sound crazy. They're the number one team in the nation. Yes, they did go down in flames tonight to the St. Mary Gales. They lost in the Western Conference Final, or the West, yeah, <clears throat> or the West Coast Conference Final tonight. Um, the reason why I say Gonzaga, I, it's kind of weird, man. It's it's a weird feeling. This reminds me of the 2016 Villanova team. Okay. Very talented team. They lost to Scene Hall in the Big East Championship. And then they just came out and they just ran the table and just smoked everyone. Gonzaga has the leadership. They have the depth. They're just getting back their best big man, Killian Tilly. He just got activated. He's been out with injury the entire year. You know, he had like a stress fracture in his foot. Then he had a torn plantar fascia. So, and they have one of the best players, all American in the country, from <clears throat> Rui Achimura. I, I just, I, I like the Zags. I, I don't think Duke can shoot it well enough. And I kind of look at their lack of experience. I know they're so very talented with Zion Williamson and, some, and the other freshmen, but, you know, I like Gonzaga to cut it down. Some sleepers, Nevada. Nevada's a great sleeper at like plus 3,300. They have the oldest team in college basketball. Like a bunch of five and six year seniors. I like them. I also like the Tennessee Volunteers. My only problem with Tennessee is their coach. He's really not a good gamer in the NCAA tournament. But I, I think it's Mark Hughes here. I really think Gonzaga, I know they haven't played anybody, but keep in mind they also did beat Duke in Maui. And then there's always, you know, your usual suspects North Carolina, Virginia is extremely good as well. But, you know, can they get over the hump of losing to a 16 seed? But uh, in the end, I'm going to go with the Zags. People think I'm crazy, but that's my pick. All right, we'll take it. We like the Zags, and I'll uh, I'll put uh, a mortgage payment on it. How's that sound? Okay, put down a hundred, you'll win five. <laughs> yeah, I like, they it. Lost, I like they it. Lost tonight, since they lost tonight, that might go up to seven fifty. So now you're speaking my language. Um, I'll be on that board. All right, Johnny Meade, I got a quick damn that's tacky for you. All right, give it to me. Give it to me. And this one goes out to Jose Canseco, who has been on Twitter recently taking shots at Alex Rodriguez and tweeting to however many, you know, a half million followers or whatever, that 
A-Rod has been cheating on J-Lo. Jose Canseco, he of the high moral standard, has been <laughs> just dropping these Twitter bombs left and right. He's just attacking A-Rod about being a cheater and cheating on J-Lo. And J-Lo, I feel so bad for you. Like, damn, that's tacky. Come on, Jose. Like, get it together, bro. First of all, there's some man code in there that you've surely violated and smashed through at this point. On top of that, you know, glass stones or a glass house. Don't throw stones. Like, give me a break here. Like, when does, since when did Jose Canseco, like, decide that he is the authority on conduct and a way to approach things and being responsible and respectful in life? Because last time I checked, that guy's a complete mutant. So, damn, that's tacky, Jose Canseco, for your tweets calling out A-Rod and telling J-Lo, basically, you've got proof. Yeah, Jose comes with great character. Nah. By the way, he has 498,000 Twitter followers. His Twitter f- profile pic has him in a Jedi robe. And uh, <laughs> let me see here. Let me just continue. Uh, two days ago, Alex Rodriguez, I challenge you to a boxing match or an MMA match anytime you want. Uh, two days ago, Alex Rodriguez, stop being a piece of blank. Stop cheating on Jennifer Lopez. Didn't Jose Canseco fight Vice Didn't he? Didn't he do what? Fight Vice Yeah. And like a celebrity boxing. Well, there's a photo. Of, there's a photo of Canseco also at the top of his Twitter page that has him in a boxing ring. It doesn't look like he's punching Vaisikahema, but he's fighting somebody. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I think he fought by and by kicked his ass. I swear. Right, and here, here's was... the other kicker: his his Twitter profile, like you get to list out a profile, like I'd be like radio broadcaster for the Iowa Wild. His is for appearances. Please call Morgan Management and list out the Las Vegas phone number. So literally his Twitter profile is begging you to call to bring him out for him to make money. Like, damn, that's tacky. What do you got? <laughs> he is, Jose is such a slut. Well, I got to go to the Ivy League ranks, man, and talk about a former Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania head coach and product of UPenn, Jerome Allen. He just found out that he was found guilty of taking bribes of $300,000 from some, um, some mogul, some guy that owns all these nursing homes down in Florida, paid Jerome Allen all this money to basically mentor and tutor his kid to play basketball. But it was always his son's dream to play on the University of Pennsylvania basketball team. And Jerome Allen, through the course of money, 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 made that happen when this kid had no business of being on the basketball team. Oof, man. Just when you thought it was just the major collegiate, you know, the major programs giving out money. There's all types of crazy. Where's the integrity of the game these days? So, Jerome, my dad right now, former Ivy League Penn graduate, he's shaking in his grave over this one. So, <laughs> Jerome Allen, man. Damn, that's tacky. All right, over under, Bryce Harper dingers at 33. Over. Okay, I'll hold you to it. Case of Stella, 30-pack of Bush pants. You got it. I I said the number is 41. I don't want the under because I want to root for the Phillies and I want them to win the damn World Series. But Reese Hoskins is going to be at the front of that parade float. Welcome to the other side, buddy. (laughs) All right. Great great stuff out of you. (laughs) Brotherly Love Podcast. Probably another hiatus coming because i got another week-long road trip, but we appreciate all the love and support. Johnny, me a good job, bro. You got it, buddy. As always, thanks for everyone listening. Really appreciate it.
Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.